Hello and welcome and thank you for joining. I'm your host, Seth Askin. I started this podcast to dive deeper into the ways we know one another and God. The goal is to ask the question of how God loves. I invite people from many walks of life to join me on this adventure. As we dive deeper into personifying God, we have to bring him into our three-dimensional world, but also understand he lives in another state of being, the fourth dimension. I would love to welcome and thank our guest today. He is a missional ministry major with a minor in music, and he is actually in the Royal Register's uh, choir, which is the men's choir here on campus at Bethel. Um, and he has a great voice, um, great hair, of course. Um, <laughs> so it all fits into the you know stylish men's attire that you guys wear, bow ties and all. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an apprenticeship for uh, youth ministries. Um, where did you go for that? What did you do? Yeah, so I went to um, Faith Church in Minnetonka, and so how I got that set up is um, being part of the mission of ministry major is Katie Friesensmith will send us emails about different uh-huh. opportunities and um, th- other departments as well, as well. And so there was an opportunity for a youth ministry apprenticeship, which for me that was a, um, something that I wanted to go into, and so I reached out to her, and so that's how I got connected. And so I was there right around uh, Valentine's Day, and yeah. that just ended this past Wednesday. Perfect. So you you you're kind of playing into your major there. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to welcome you again. And for those who don't know who this disembodied voice is, his name is Harrison Muller, right? Yep. All yep. right. That's I said great. it right. Yes, you did. How <laughs> many people do? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I guess they could say it Mueller. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's. Yeah. Most so, people. You know, pronounce yeah. It. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So um, as Seth kind of mentioned already, I'm a mission and ministry major. Um, the minor in music because I just, I, yeah, I just really love music. I love um, listening to music, playing music, um, making music. Um, I just love the whole thing. And so really enjoy that. I play guitar, which I've played that for a couple years now and really enjoy that. Uh, really enjoy Acoustic, it. electric, both? Like, acoustic. I think okay. it'd be sick to learn electric guitar. I think. I mean, be. it's kind of the same thing, just different style. Different style, yeah. Definitely less, you know. I guess less drumming, and a less lot strumming, more. and a lot more like shredding, in, shredding that <laughs> metal, you know. Yep. yep. <laughs> so that's just all good things. And then besides that, yeah, I love to hang out with friends. Love to hang out with my girlfriend. Um, go outside. Frisbee golf is great. Spike ball is fantastic. Pickleball, tennis, ping pong. Those are all great things. You like the small sports? I'm joking. <laughs> 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 Not football, basketball, baseball. Nah. Yeah. Nah, nah. No, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I do. I I, I like playing them. Um, I don't know if I'd ever play them competitively. Yeah. I think if I did, I'd be a very different person, but maybe not. Maybe not. I've, I like, you know, exercising in that way. So, all right. We're going to just kind of jump right into it. Um, so in this podcast, we talk about relationships of all kinds. Um, you told me that you were interested in um, talking about romantic relationships specifically. Mm-hmm. We haven't done much of those on here, and I am welcoming to those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to just set some ground questions that I always ask everyone. And the first one is what comes to mind when you hear the word relationship? So probably like many of the people listening and as I can maybe assume, uh, many people that have already been on your show as guests and maybe you included is the mm-hmm. first thing that comes into my mind when I've thought about, um, the word relationship is romantic relationships, mm-hmm. relation, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, um, significant other if you will um yeah all righty how does that interpret your daily interactions with others when people say that word or you use that word or how does that work well yeah so like if i hear a friend talking about a relationship like the first thing i'm thinking is okay who are they who are they dating um but i mean 
usually it's it's something that's pretty easy to um, misinterpret when someone mm-hmm. just says relationship because I think um, especially like in our in our more so you know contemporary cultures when we, when people talk about relationship is they're not talking about a friendship they're not talking about like you know the relationship mm-hmm. between my my family member mm-hmm. but, but if they are then there's usually more context of like my you know the relationship is between me and my mom but if they just say like relationship i think most of the time it's pretty safe to assume that is that it is a significant other but then if it's you know it's not it's usually something pretty easy to yeah you know, yeah correct perfect i mean yeah that's one of the uh questions where i hear varied answers mm-hmm. um some people say oh they think about it in this way and some people think oh it's this way actually and i i do see a lot more of that mm-hmm. when i'm talking in context with others and i say relationship like i'm in a relationship and they're like oh what you're dating and i'm like no i mean i haven't i don't i avoid that word for that reason mm-hmm. but um yeah it's something that is kind of very you know, Western contemporary thought about relationships. Um, what comes to mind when you envision a relationship with God then? So when I think about a, re- a relationship with God, I think it's something that's that's living, that's breathing, that's active. Um, mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking about, you know, what does a relationship with God look like? It looks like, in my mind, is God pursues me and God is always investing into a relationship with me. Um, but for me, is I'm not always reciprocating i'm not always mm, giving back mm-hmm. and so it's a it's an active relationship because whereas god will always pursue me and he'll always go after me there are times where i where i fall away where my eyes you know shift from focusing on him to focusing on the world so i think you know like any relationship as it goes as it comes in seasons where there's times where you're really close and you're you know mm-hmm. mindsets you know i'm on a mountain you know on, on a high and you're like wow this is great this is fantastic and then you know you dip down into the valleys and you know, maybe maybe things aren't so great, but I think it, it's very it's very flowing. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very like nonstop type of interaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, how do you describe relationships with others in a non like romantic way? Do you have like a uh, categorization per se with like, oh, this is my friend, this is an acquaintance, this is a significant other this is just a platonic relationship i mean there's so many words surrounding like describing and categorizing relationships so i'm wondering if you consciously do that or subconsciously do that what are your thoughts yeah so um for me the way that i'll kind of go about it is if i'm talking about a friend who's just a friend then i'll say that they're a friend and then if it's you know if i'm like oh like there's you know i'm talking about a friend you know they're a girl and people you know if i what if i wasn't know at the time of my life when i wasn't dating people would be like oh like are you interested mm-hmm. you know when i would talk about a girl and i'd be like no like just a friend and then it you know kind of getting the mm-hmm. the message across um then but now at least it's like if i'm talking about a friend you know whether they're a guy or girl i say you know my friend and then you know so-and-so michael or you know you know x you know whatever their name is but if i'm talking about um my girlfriend i'll be like this is my you know my girlfriend hannah and then, mm-hmm. and I'll let, and I'll let that go. So I, so I won't, I won't, ne- I won't necessarily say like, this is a person who I'm in a relationship with, or I have a relationship with this person, unless it is, you know, my, my significant other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are there relationships in your life that are more important to you, more valued than others consciously or subconsciously? Mm. I think consciously, yes, but also subconsciously. So I like to think that the relationship that I have with my family is, is important to me. Um, mm-hmm. But then well, I'm, I think about that consciously. It's like, okay, like, yes, they're very important and I, and I love them very dearly. But then I, when I'm starting to think about subconsciously, as in the way, the effort and the, um, that I'm putting into 
pursuing those relationships is when I see that as being less than other relationships and I have to look at, okay, yes, I can value them in my mind, but if I'm not really putting any actions or doing anything mm-hmm. to really pursue those relationships. Um, but I like to think of the people that I'm closer with to um, gain kind of a priority more so in my life. Of, mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily want to say a hierarchy, um, mm. but I like to think that yeah, the people that I'm closest with, um, those are the people that I tend to um, put more of an emphasis. No, not an emphasis. Try, what am I trying to think about? I like to think that, yes, like consciously, like those are the ones that I value more. Yeah. I, I value relationships with everyone, but I yeah. like to think that, yeah. Um, what, um, when you value a relationship a little bit more than one or uh, another one, um, what are some of the like things that you do with that relationship that you wouldn't necessarily like do with another relationship? Like, would you spend more time with that person or would you give that person more gifts or is there, is there any like differentiating like actions that you do besides mm-hmm. just like, you know, thought process of like, oh, I really value that person, but are there actions to follow that up? Yeah, so if it's if it's someone that I'm close with that I see quite frequently, um, you know, then it's it's more of okay, like let's plan and schedule something, you know, once a week, like let's get let's get breakfast or so. Um, but if it's someone that like I value pretty highly and I don't see them a whole lot, mm-hmm. then I think with with those people more specifically, those times are more intentional of like okay, well I don't see this person all the time. I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna dive deeper into like you know what's new and just kind of catching up in that way and so but um other other than that though yeah the relationships that i kind of almost almost want to say value or just like put more of like an importance in my life or just Mm -hmm. closeness the people that i'm closer with um i think that yeah that they'll definitely get more of my time more of my energy more of my just more of me Mm -hmm. do you um think that it is weird to talk about having a more important friend per se like do you think there's a stigma in our society to like have those friends that we want to be really close around and like say that publicly Mm -hmm. do you think that that can become a problem within like people who think that you're really close with them but you're actually more close with this person and so they may see it a different way i think yeah i think there definitely is a, a stigma against it um in terms of thinking about like, okay, well, I value this person like the most, or this person is closer than me than another person. And I think that like part of the reason why that is is because I think people are really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Just, in, in just you know, from, you know, from like par- parents' ages, my parents' ages growing up, um, from them, from their generation passing down is, I think the newer generation just get a bit more and more sensitive mm-hmm. and don't want to be offended or don't want to don't don't like the feeling just of discomfort i suppose is what i'm trying to look for and so mm-hmm. i think yeah especially with you know today's if if a friend was to be like well yeah like i value my friendship with you but i value a friendship with another person more i was like yeah i would be hurt and you know i would i just you know probably wouldn't enjoy it and i think that um yeah that there definitely is something where there's there's a sense of care about where you lie in the in the you know the eyes of other people and realize mm-hmm. especially in the eyes of, of the people closest to you um but i also think that oftentimes what it can be is that you want to be placed high on other people's lists mm-hmm. but you don't want the same people placed high on your list mm. does that make sense yeah um it's it's such an interesting topic because 
it, it, it's a hard one to talk about. Like you, you wouldn't go up and ask someone be like, so am I in your primary friend group or am I in your secondary friend group? Like, where are we at? Like, you know, this, you know, term DTR define the relationship. I, people are like, oh, we need to do that more often. But like, it's so like, how applicable is that in real life? Like, what are the secondary cues that we're picking up instead of like the verbal cues, like of them telling us this? Um, and what you're saying about um, people want to be high, like on other people's lists. I think that's everyone. And I think um, that everyone in the sense wants to be seen, heard, you know, loved and in, in, in that sense. So I can see that as well. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even so, too, as you're as you're talking about cues. Um, mm-hmm. For example, like if someone, this is terrible because I I know I definitely do this, but when when I'm thinking about like when someone is not necessarily placed very high, is if they like are trying to like make a joke and you kind of fake laugh and you're kind of like ha 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 ha, like that was funny, but then it it like dies out like right away, mm-hmm. almost so to say. Um, but I think like that's kind of being a cue of like, well, that that could just be someone made a joke that just wasn't funny, mm-hmm. or it could just be kind of a sign. And at least for me, for me, it can it could be a sign of like, okay, well, you know, I don't, you know, I like I want to go do something else, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I I think that's digging into a whole nother like mm-hmm. category of like how we socialize as human beings and like what are some of the body cues and verbal cues and semantics of language and everything else and uncomfortability comfortability um it's it's very interesting that you bring that up because um thinking about how um somebody wants to be in a friend group and tries really really hard it can actually push them away from being in that friend group you know and so that that is something um i think a lot of people might deal with at least once in their life mm-hmm. you know um so as i said before the podcast hasn't really done a lot of romantic relationships but spoiler alert Second season, I'm going to have a whole bunch of episodes just about romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to be talking about love, romanticism, um, and like how that plays into the role of the Western culture today, how we view romance in film, TV, our lives, literature, a whole bunch of different ideas. Um, So stay tuned for that. Um, But you discussed you wanted to talk about some romantic uh, romantic ideas about love, and you have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of familiar with the way in which romance is uh, working in our lives. So my first question to you is: Do you have a set of views that influences the way you think about romantic love? A set of views that makes. That influences the way that I think about romantic love. Mm-hmm. I like, do your Christian views influence you? Do Does your, like, background in music um, or Mishmin influence you? Does your um, heritage, your family, like, what are some of the ideas that maybe influence your ideas about romantic love? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, for me, my, my relationship with God influences my romantic love. My relationship that with my family, just the way that I was raised, um, influenced it. But also my experiences, mm-hmm. just with past relationships and just with um, growing up and going through life, also influence the, my romantic love. Yeah, let's dissect those a little bit more. So, how does your upbringing with your family 
um, influence the way you think about romantic love? What are some of the values that maybe they instilled in you about what romantic love looks like? Yeah. So, um, growing up, you know, I grew up with a mom and dad, um, who are still together, um, married and the way that their relationship has impacted me is just seeing their, their communication style being very different from the way that I see mine. Um, and I think that their communication style is a lot more of almost aggressive mm-hmm. or passive aggressive. Um, which for me is me being able to see that, realize it and process as Mason thinking is this, this like, this isn't right. Which mm-hmm. is like, which I think in my perspective and from my, my side of for what I think is right or wrong. And for them, if that works for them and if they, you know, are okay with that, then I think, you know, sure, you know, they can, you know, go happily on their way. But I think for me to understand that the way that I more so think about, um, how that, you know, how they deal with conflict, um, how my family deals with conflict, how we deal with um, closeness, depth of, depth of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more so my family has kind of reflected or these influences on me based on what I see in myself mm. is them being able to see the differences that I see in myself versus what I see with my family, mm-hmm. which is, you know, which is normal because there's no one that is exactly 100% like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, you know, different in some way. And you can be, you can be completely, you can be, you know almost completely like in many different ways Mm -hmm. a lot of similarities but for me what i've what i see in myself is i see a lot of differences between my family and me the way that my family not necessarily raised me but the way that i've grown the man that i've grown into be versus Mm -hmm. um who my family is all right um how have your past relationships romantic relationships um uh influenced the way you think about it i used to be well I want to say I used to be immature. I'm still immature. <laughs> immature in some ways. I know it. Um, but yeah, so the way that, that my past relationships have influenced my romantic love is by um, by me building experience and me seeing is what is it like to love someone else? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been in, you know, first real relationship that counts because, you know, people are like, oh yeah, elementary school, middle school, that, <laughs> that, that doesn't count. Um, but yeah, and in high school is um i was in a relationship for a while with someone and for me it was just what 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 got what drew me to that relationship was like oh this person likes me i was like oh you know i like them too um to go from that and just thinking about how can i serve myself to going into um the relationship and that i'm in now and you know i'm still nowhere near perfect in this but striving to be is being at a point where i'm thinking Less more about how can I serve myself, but how can I serve mm. you? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I use the things that God has given me to benefit you, to um, to bless you? And so the way that I think about how how the relationships that I've been in have impacted and influenced my romantic love with the uh, um, I'm with now. I know, Hookreed, if you're listening, I love you. Um, <laughs> yeah, how it just it's just by me seeing is what is it like to really love someone else, and I think that you know you can do to a certain line with that, with romantic loves and with significant others. But um, truth be told, what really has shown me this is my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with Jesus Christ in the way that um, that God has come into my house, not house, come, I mean, kind of come into my, my life, come into my heart and really convict me and really um, break me down to my core of the core of the person that I was because the person that I was acting like before I really 
accepted Jesus in my heart because there was a, you know, there was a, there was a portion of my life where I was like, yeah, I believe in God and, you know, I'm baptized and I have a Bible and I read my Bible and I pray and I go to the church on Sunday and I serve on Sunday and I go to Wednesday night groups and I go on mission trips. And I was like, I'm just, you know, and I'm, you know, I didn't do what was, I didn't do very many things that, you know, were wrong in my parents' eyes, and mm-hmm. but I still do because, you know, you know, I'm a child. Um, yeah. But just kind of learning, but really, I, once I got to the point where I really, where God really came into my life and I really understood my need for him, my need to let my life look like his and truly understand the sacrifice that Jesus paid for me on the crosses, that's what changed my whole life. That's what convicted me. That's what set me on this path for the person that I am today because the person that I was before, the, before this happened, was as I was very, um, very arrogant, very angry, very aggressive, very um, short-tempered. And it's now seeing after crisis coming to my life, after crisis, you know. Is this how God is influencing yeah. your way of right. thing? Yeah. Right. This is how God has influenced me is, is he's really made me more patient, um, more loving, more kind, more serving, um, and more seeking after others. And so how this, Im- how this, I'm going somewhere with this, and how this has influenced um, my romantic love is looking at the love that Jesus has shown me mm-hmm. and to realize that I want to show some other people, not, not um, only romantic relationships but also you know friends family other things like that but how it's um influenced my relationship um with hannah is just by me seeing that this is the example that christ has shown me mm-hmm. is this is how you love someone is you know when you lay down your life for another person yeah is when you do what's best for them without regard for yourself and you're, mm-hmm. when you're when you're loving them and you're pursuing them and so so that's what you know that's the goal is to love someone as christ loves you and you know what bible talks about too is um, you know, as Christ loved the church, man, you know, love love your wife. And so that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Um, which brings me into a very interesting question for you. Um, you mentioned uh, God's love for us and showing it to others and like, you know, caring for someone that deeply. Do you think that is only reserved for romantic love or can you do it with anybody, all people? Because that's... Like, if Jesus was doing it with all people, was he romantically in love with all those people? I guess that's just my question to you, you know. Mm-hmm. What What are your thoughts? I think no. I don't, and, I, and I don't think it, it should be reserved for your significant other. Because I think mm-hmm. if it is, then you're... Then I think in my mind is I think you're put, putting this person on a pedestal to mm-hmm. say that you're worthy of his love, but no one else is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the example that, that Christ came to show. Um and even so too, like I think, yes, your significant other, you know, your romantic partner, that you should place a significance on them, that you should put an importance on them to say that this is someone whom I love and who I'm going to value um, mm-hmm. more than, you know, other relationships. Um, but I don't think that it's it's reserved for romantic relationships. Yeah. Do you think there are different forms and levels of romantic love? Do you think there's different categories? I'm not sure in terms of romantic love because I've never thought about if there's different categories inside romantic love, but I know, you know. Yeah. There's like, I think it's, is it, there's, I think it's four different words for love. And I think it's, oh, in the, Greek. in the, in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. In the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I'm thinking about different kinds of love, if so to say, I think about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, Agape is being one of the big ones in the Bible, and that's the love I think you're describing. 
with this um, significant other's relationship and then also for others as well. Mm-hmm. And then there is, uh, I think it's Ahava. Uh, Ahava? I think it's Ahava. I, uh, yeah, Ahava. Um, just looked it up there. Good old, good old Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ahava, which is like to have affection for someone. Um, and then th- there's a, there's many others, um, in, in the Greek Bible. Um, I guess what I'm trying to ask with this question is, do you think that we have as a Western culture in America specifically have equated romantic love with other ideas that necessarily don't have to be, Oh, excuse me. Hiccup. Don't have to be, um, romantic in the sense, you know, like we may equate agape as romantic love and reserve it for one person, you know, in society and not for other people or like showing affection for someone is your significant other. And that's romantic love. And so like, are we putting romantic love as the all and all, like this is what the purest form of love is. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're doing that with like what we find in love in romantic love? So almost, almost so to say is, is what you're saying is, is whether or not I think that as a Western culture and society is that mm-hmm. if we've put romantic love at the top for this is like, this is essentially the bar to reach is mm-hmm. once, you know, once, once you've made it up here, then you've made it in terms of loving. Is that what, you, is that kind of what Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we have these, I guess, steps to like what love looks like and these ideas of what love looks like. And I feel like a lot of times people equate what love looks like um, with um, this ideal one partner for the rest of your life, um, healthy habits as a couple and doing certain things and self-sacrifice and everything else, like these ideas that we're talking about on this podcast. I think that a lot of times Western society equates that with the ultimate love, and that's what people think about when they think about romantic love. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that for the people that I've seen in my surrounding circles and the people that I've mm-hmm. seen in my life is I think that, yes, that romantic love is placed at the top for almost sort of like, like a body reach, like it's... The ultimate form of loving someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I think is when I think, you know, about like... Mm-hmm. I'm initially in my mind is, is the first place my, my mind goes to is yes. Well, you know, it is to, you know, marry, get married, mm-hmm. you know, and to, um, spend your life, you know, with this person growing with them, loving them, serving them, um, mm-hmm. but also pursuing, pursuing the Lord. And so I think that, yeah, for, for where I think our world places the significance on love, I think that, um, romantics at the top because you have to think about what, people will do for a significant other and what people do for a friend Mm -hmm. in terms of, in in my mind is I think that if you were to survey, you know, people that were inside and outside of relationships of like, who would you, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say like someone's going to be shot and you know, you have to pick like what, you know, which person Mm -hmm. is it is like, is it going to be like, would you do more for your best friend or for, you know, your Your brother or your wife or your brother, your spouse. Exactly. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, and so I think that that there definitely is a huge significance placed on 
romantic love and placed on, um, which I think there's a good reason for that to be, mm-hmm. for there to be a significance to that. But I think that the love that God shows you needs to come first because, yeah. because the, the love that God shows you is not just for you to take in. It's not just, I be, you know, it's not just you becoming a Christ follower and you becoming a Christian so you can go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. I think that, yes, that that's a part of it is, you know, obtaining salvation through belief in Christ. But the, but I think the main, the main goal of it is for God to come into your life and convict you and edify you and to rebuild you into a person who goes out and serves mm-hmm. the Lord who serves him, which then is not just, okay, I became a Christian. Now I'm just going to keep this all to myself, but it's you then taking what the, what God has shown you the way that God has loved you and mm-hmm. show, reflecting that to other people. Yeah. I guess my question is, if we put a lot of emphasis on romantic love in Western society, um, in the ways that we're discussing here about, you know, like um, your spouse versus like your brother or something like that, um, and like the true form of true, quote unquote, true love, um, does it, does that mean that God's love to us is romantic it, or is it something different? You know, like the question is being, is romantic love all that we say it is? Or are we equating romantic love with all these ideas that God has like displayed for us? And because we want to display that for others and um, kind of, you know, act that out in our lives that we have to do that to one specific person, but he calls us to do it to all. Do you think, sorry, that was the rap trial. Do you think that God's love to us, God's love to us is romantic love? Or is it more than that? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's, that's a fantastic question. And should be told, I don't have anything that comes to my mind. Oh, no. Init- no, that's fine. Initially, right away, that's like, oh, I'm convicted of you. Uh, this yeah. is the way it should be. Um, I think there's aspects of it that are, that, you know, is is romantic. And, you know, as, you know, like, as Christ loved the church, husband loved your wife. It's like, that's that kind of mm-hmm. analogy that reflects romantic love. Mm-hmm. And now, whether it's because um, the way that Christ loved the church was you know, similar to, you know, how husbands should love their wives. Or if that's the analogy you use as God knew that that's what we as, you know, humans would understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, let's define it this way. What sets romantic love from all other types of love? That you th- can think of, what sets it apart? It's with one person. Okay. That's initially, unless you believe in polygamy, which. So are you? Are uh, I guess my question is: Are you saying that romantic love is also eros or erotic love? In that sense. I mean. Yeah. Is that what sets it apart from other loves is this physical intimacy? Well, I think what sets it apart is when I think about, and this could de- definitely just be my understanding of it, is mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about romantics, I'm thinking about like a romantic relationship as in a significant other. Mm-hmm. So boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, something like that. And so 
Because I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking that, that that's with one person. Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about romantic relationships, is I think that that's with yeah. one person. So in my mind, like, when I'm trying to understand, when I'm trying to comprehend this, yes. is that's what I see, is that it's with one person. Yeah. Um, do you think that be, we see it this way is because we equate romantic love with, you know, this physical intimacy as well mm. with that one person? Or, yeah. Yeah? yeah? Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I suppose that that wasn't something that really came to my mind when I was thinking about romantic love. But when I think about romantic, I do think about subconsciously, at least I was, was just thinking about the physical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It um, doesn't even have to be like, you know, the ultimate physical aspect. It could just be like cuddling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, you know, when I associate romantic, I associate that physical aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think... That's why I'm whole, doing a whole season on this uh, topic is because there's so much to talk about here and how romanticism has influenced us as a society and culture into thinking about how marriage plays out, how love plays out with others. And I, I knew this was kind of going to be like some of the difficult, more difficult topics that we were going to discuss on this episode before we get in to the next season um, so I'm going to continue with the questions here. Um, but like, just, I don't want to like make you stop and be like, oh my gosh, I need to, uh, uh, you know, this is just like a discussion, something where we're just having a conversation and like thinking about ideas because I've had these thoughts. Mm-hmm. I want to know if other people have had these thoughts. That's why I kind of started this podcast. And, you know, like you being like, huh, I've never thought about it like that. You might say something that I've never thought about it like that. And there's been plenty of times in previous episodes where it's been like that. So don't feel uncomfortable in any way. I just want to reassure you there. Yeah. Um, now, you're in a dating relationship with your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, is there something you've noticed about that relationship uh, that isn't there with other relationships, excluding like, the physical intimacy. So just to kind of clarify your question as you're wondering is, is there anything there that I don't see in other relationships that I have like with friends or whatnot? Yeah. Something along those lines, something that you do or something that, um, sets it apart from the other relationships you have. That she does or that I do? Either one. Either one. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, with, Hen and I dating is one thing that I just start to see more is just really who she is mm-hmm. um, because I place, you know, a significance and an importance on her. Um, mm-hmm. or she's, you know, important to me and because, you know, she's one of my priorities. Um, um, you know, I spend time with her. I spend, you know, quite a bit of time with her. And so just coming to that point and then being able to really um, through time is just really start understand who she is, mm-hmm. um, understand her values and just what, what drives her. And so I think that part of what sets our relationship apart and part of what's different than the other, re- other relationships that I, you know, that I have the other friendships that I have is me understanding more completely of who she is mm-hmm. because I'm spending time with her because I'm doing, you know, life with her and hanging out with her and we're doing fun things, but you know, also having conversations and just seeing who, who each other are is being able to um, more fully understand the person that God has created her to be. Yeah. Um, do you think you could do that with anyone? I think you definitely could. And I just think because 
of the time that we spend together and because mm-hmm. of um, the things that we choose to do together is, is we're starting to get more of an understanding of um, mm-hmm. of each other. But I mean, you definitely can do that with anyone because if you know, if you, if you live, you know, had like a roommate, a roommate that or, you're just doing life with, right. That you're doing, if you're like traveling a lot and you're working together or, you know, you're just hanging out all the time on the weekends and yeah, you would get very close. Yeah. And you would understand more of the person that they are. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. That that is probably going to be a, a, a another episode because, you know, the way we think about time and how it's spent, you know, can influence the way people view relationships um, from an outside source, you know, and like these preconceptions of like, oh, you're hanging out with a girl that's for long periods of time, oh, they must be dating. And it's just like, well, that necessarily isn't the case and vice versa with, you know, guys and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. So um, in what ways is your relationship romantically similar to the ways you think about your relationship with God? You kind of touched on this more. I just want you to like, you said like self-sacrificial and like the bridegroom imagery. Like what are some other ways in which you see romantic love as like a, an aspect of like how you have love with God, like God shows love to you or vice versa. Well, initially, at least the way that I kind of um, took that was just thinking about both going seasons, mm-hmm. um, you know, for both seasons of my romantic relationship and also my relationship with the Lord is, um, both of you go through times where, you know, everything is just fantastic and you're like, I really love this and just really want to keep pursuing this. And there's, and there's other times too where I, where I feel, um, less focused in my, in my conversations, less mm-hmm. focused in the things that I choose to focus on. Um, so initially that's, that's the first thing that I think about is that, is that they both happen. They both go in seasons, um, both relationships and then, um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have silence. Yeah. I think silence just like gives us time to think and do whatever we need to do. You know, we don't need to fill the dead space sometimes. It may give the audience some time to think about something too. <laughs> so true. don't feel bad. Um, so let's get back to just general relationships here. Um, with romantic, you know, sprinkled in there, but just like general, the, the relationship umbrella, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's important to understand our earthly relationships of any kind in order to understand how we have relationship with God? See, I think, I think that that question is interesting because I think that you can make the argument that for, for either or that you need one in order to have the other. So I think you like you need to understand God's love for us in order to understand our relationships with others. Well, I think like kind of, kind of more so to say is like to understand. Yeah. Essentially what you said is like to understand God's love is that helps you understand your relationship with others and how mm, you should mm-hmm. pursue a relationship with yeah. the other. And I, th- but I, I think you, I think, I think when you are un- thinking about a relationship with like a friend, Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about, okay, well, what does that need to grow? And thinking about that in terms of other relationships, I think that's a pretty universal thing of like, oh, well, it needs time. It, it also needs space. Um, it needs 
like a plant. It needs water. It needs mm-hmm. sunlight. There, there are a couple things that it needs. I need to water you today, Harrison, <laughs> to help uh, this relationship thrive. Yes. Uh, can you just give me some sunlight in return? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, yeah. And using like analogies or comparing things that make th- that will make it easier to understand or comprehend. So I think when you're thinking about like a friendship and mm-hmm. how you grow that and then thinking about that in terms of, okay, well that is probably pretty similar in how I grow in, in your relationship with God. I think that it's a very help, helpful analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's easier to almost look at our relationships earthly and see what we find are great and good and everything else and be like, man, this is like, God's like all these good things about these relationships are what God wants with me and how we should have a relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think it's easier to do that from like an earthly perspective? Cause God isn't so tangible sometimes. I think it's easy to, to think about what's in front of you and decide whether you like it or not. Mm. So mm-hmm. if that's a friendship or family member and you're like, wow, I really I really like this aspect of them or I really like this aspect of our relationship. If it's, you know, we go and get coffee and you're like, wow, something about it. I just really love or if they, you know, chew really loud or if they you know, mm-hmm. have like little things that they do that might annoy you. And I think it's, it's, it's easy to think, Oh, I don't like this, but it's also because I think it's so easy to focus on just to be egocentric, just to think about, you know, mm-hmm. well, what's going to please me? What's going to, what's going to give me what I want? And I, you know, I've definitely, and I feel like more recently I've kind of been in, been, been in that stage of, well, what do I want? What, do, what's going to please me? What's going to make me happy? What, what's going to make me comfortable? Um, and that's where, you know, God's love is different than, <laughs> yeah, very different from earthly, like, you know, love in some sense that God's love is not self-centered. I mean, we can say that we're not self-centered all we want, but there's that aspect of self-serving as well. We can't get away from it. Um, so I think that's what separates God's love. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. Because God's love is not self-centered. It's not about what makes him happy. Mm-hmm. It's about serving others. And I think like the best example, and you may know where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. just look at Jesus. Because it's like... Great example. Fantastic. <laughs> well, think think about it. Yeah. Jesus is the king of all kings. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's nothing higher. I mean, you can say God, but, you know, Trinity, action, whole thing. You know, three mm-hmm. in one. But so, th- think about that. Is you think about someone who has such a high place. And to think about, okay, when they come into our world, is what position do they take? And do they choose to take... Because mm-hmm. in everyone in the time when Jesus was coming, was they were thinking he's going to come on a horse. But he didn't come on a horse. He came on a donkey. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was also the same one that said, I'm going to wash your feet. It's like, first of all, for them, you know, it's no one's begging, please, please let me wash your feet. Mm-hmm. That's a servant's job. That's the job that nobody wants. But he said, no, I'm going to do this. And so mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about, like, what's the best example of non-sacrificial love or non-self-centered love god's love i think is sacrificial um i i think you gotta go with jesus yeah do you think with the um personifying god i mean god personified as jesus but like today um since you know jesus is 
not here yet again. Um, do you think today that it's easy to think about God as a friend or as, you know, a mother or father mm-hmm. or brother or sister or whatever relationship you want to think of? Do you think it's easy to think about God that way and then be like, huh, I need to do better about these things? in that relationship. Like if it, if if I'm thinking as God as a friend, what are some of the aspects in which I think a friendship is going to last? What are the things that I need to do, not just they need to do? Cuz God's already doing those things. Right, right. <laughs> you know, he's already going after you and everything. What are some of the things that I need to do in that friendship per se that is going to help that relationship sustain and not just be a one-way street? Something that God has really been showing me and teaching me um, has been that it's a choice. That it's it's a choice to serve him and that it's a choice to pursue a relationship with him. And whether or not I feel like it's being reciprocated mm-hmm. or not, that shouldn't matter. Yeah. But I think it I think it I think it does. Um I don't think it should though. So what essentially what I'm what I'm what I'm meaning by this is that I think that when we're thinking about Okay, God God pursues us. There's times where we see it and we feel it, and there's times where we don't. But I think that when I'm thinking about how should I grow my relationship with the Lord, how you know, so that way, as you're saying, it's not a one way street. Is I think that to keep in to keep in your mind that it's a it's a choice mm-hmm. that you can you can do it any time that you want to. You mm-hmm. can choose to praise God. You can choose to serve Him. You can choose to follow Him. And I think that God has given us so many tools and resources to be able to do that, just to think about the Bible, first of all. Um, great source, great tool. Great, great. Uh, I <laughs> couldn't, couldn't agree more. Great source, great tool. Um, and to let that, and to let that edify you, to let that help you to grow, but also just thinking about like the community that you're in is to think about that. Yes, I have a personal relationship with God, but but a personal relationship with God does not mean that I am just, you know, um, that it's just for me, because mm-hmm. I think like when, I, for example, like my romantic relationship, like if if you know, with me being a Christian, but if I had just kept that to myself of like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but like I don't really want to tell anyone about it. I don't really want to mm-hmm. talk about that with anyone. It's like, why? And so when I think about how to grow my relationship with God, is I think that. It comes from sharing that with other people. It comes from having conversations where I'm talking about that. And I think that's the same thing for any relationship. Is to, but to For that relationship to have growth is it's not just between you and that other person. Mm-hmm. So my relationship with my family is my family. Like if I only ever talk about my family to my family, I think that there's a certain... There's, on, there, there's, there's only, an underlying issue. Right, yeah. And then there, there's also just like... An, Essentially, I'm putting a ceiling where there should be. Mm-hmm. As I'm saying, okay, you can grow, but you can only grow to this point because I'm going to limit it. And I think a lot of that happens subconsciously. So I think that um, talking about your relationship w- with the Lord, um, wherever it's at, if that's at a high, if that's at a low, I think just talking about it with other people is a great way mm-hmm. for that to grow. I think reading reading your Bible, um, and if you don't have one, um, 
let me know and I will get you one. <laughs> I mean, it's the best-selling book, I think. I mean, it's sold the most copies. It's true. Otherwise, if you're at a hotel, those Gideon Bibles in the you know drawers, those are actually free. You can take them. They come and replace them if they're uh, missing. Those are actually free. Uh, for anybody who didn't know that, you can literally take them from the hotel. That's what they're there for. So for those of you listening, that's right. We are talking to you. We're saying <laughs> if you do not have one and you're staying at a hotel, they are free. So, they are free. You can take that and leave. They're not going to stop you. You can indeed do that. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, reading, reading your Bible and also too, um, not just reading it, but the way that you read it too. Because mm-hmm. and even for me too is, and that's something that has come in seasons where there's times where when I read my Bibles, I'm just reading it to, for it to be a checklist of. Yep. Oh, I haven't read my Bible. Filling today. in my checklist for Christians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, like, I think. I mean, there's nothing it's, like wrong with that if that brings you yeah. somewhere in your life you want to go. Yeah. You know, developing a discipline of reading the Bible every day. I don't think that's wrong, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yes. So I don't think reading your reading your Bible every day is not a bad thing. I think it's probably mm-hmm. a very good thing. But I think the way that you go about reading it, if it's reading it for okay, I haven't read it, and I'm, my eyes are just kind of skimming over, and glancing over the pages, so then I can put a little check mark down on my you know, my to do list. I think mm-hmm. I think is one thing, and I don't, and I've. I'm guilty of doing that quite a bit, but I think reading in terms of, um, God, what do you want me to read? What do you want me to see? Doing that, you know, reading, reading your Bible like that, but also going through it by the book because, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible is 66 books. And so initially when I, around when I first got a Bible, no, when I first got a Bible, I was the whole Genesis to Revelations guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, All right, I tried that. I didn't work. <laughs> how, how far did you make it? Oh, um, Skipping the prophets. Um, <laughs> the, I've read most of the prophets independently before that. Um, so, but I, 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 I just didn't finish it. I think I got to. Oh, I skimmed a lot of the Old Testament, um, especially the law books, like Numbers and Judges, not Judges, Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Um, but I probably made it to uh, after Romans, and then it kind of just dropped off from there. But, yeah. What about you? Did you make it all the way through? That is fantastic. No, I did not. I will, <laughs> I will tell you this. When I first, yeah. So when I was going Genesis to Revelations, I made it all the way to First Chronicles. Mm. And if you've ever heard, read First Chronicles, it is tough. Yeah. I lost all motivation there. So when I so when I think about that is reading reading the gospels, but also not just staying in the gospels, and because I think that the whole Bible points to Jesus, puts an emphasis on him, mm-hmm. Old Testament and New Testament. If that's prophecy for he's coming, mm-hmm. or if that's hey Jesus is here, or he's coming back, this is what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just getting into it and just reading, reading, reading a book at a time. Because mm-hmm. I, because there was a point in my life too where I was, every you know every every time before I re- I would read my Bible, I'd just pray, I'd be like, God, God, what do you want me to read? Just, just guide me, just guide my hands, guide my mind. And sometimes he'd be like, I want you to read this, and I'd be like, Dope, uh, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> and, and there'd be times where I'd be like, I don't know, and I'd be like, Okay, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to read. So I, yeah, reading it by the book, I think is, I think it's great. So I think reading your Bible is great. I think praying is great. And well, just because I think. Just like to think about is what is prayer? Mm-hmm. And if prayer is, you know, this communication that you have with speaking to the Lord of just God, um, if that's, you know, repenting, if that's saying, God, help me with this, or just, you know, mm-hmm. p- putting your requests to him. Um, 
just opening up communication with God. I think prayer is just so awesome. And I also think it's such an undervalued and appreciated yeah. tool that we are given as Christians. Um, so I think praying, but praying of just what's on your heart. God already knows what's on your heart. He knows what you're going through. He knows what has happened and he knows, and he knows what's going to happen. So I think yeah, opening that up, I'm just, God, instead of going to my friends right away with this, instead of going to, you know, so-and-so or doing this, um, and I'm guilty of not doing this, but what, you sh- what I think we should be doing is going to the Lord first and just um, coming to him and saying, Lord, this is what's on my heart. This is what's burdening me, and I'm going to come to you first with this. Um, so I think that's something that's very helpful. I also think worship. Um, as I kind of mentioned, I'm a music minor. Um, music major seems very tough. And What, you don't like music theory? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm in music theory one right now. I like it, but it is... Just wait till three. You probably don't have to take that, but I can, but we'll, we'll see it. But so I think music, because I think just, it's so interesting. I don't know if those of you listening will agree with this or not. And I'm definitely not sure if you agree with this, but the the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about worship is music. Mm -hmm. And part of it could just be when people are like, Hey, do you know any good worship music? Mm -hmm. Because worship is always tied to music. It's mm-hmm. not the only way to worship. Yeah. You, you can worship God in many different ways. But the main one that people think of when they think worship is music. Is music. And so just diving into that. And, and for me, when when God really came into my heart and really convicted me and edified me, and when I would really say that I really became a believer, is I just fell in love with worship music. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with that, and I also fell in love with Christian rap, which Christian rap is actually fantastic. And I think it's great. So I think... Lo- yeah, Big the, uh, is it NF? Lecrae? I do have um, a thought about NF. Who's the other one? Can't think of his name. Andy Minier. Yeah, that guy. Lecrae. They're good. Holvey. Mm-hmm. He's good. Mm-hmm. Triple E. Trust me, I grew up with a lot of these people, and I grew up with, like, you know, Red, you know, like the hard rock, scream, heavy metal, like, style Christian music, too. So mm. uh, you may see me walking around with bow ties and suspenders, but, you know, there is a side of me where I'm like... <gasps> <laughs> screaming out in the car to that music too the after hours <laughs> the after hours no um we're getting close to the uh, end of our time here but there is one more question that i want to ask you and something that you can think about that may help you and those around you and it is this if there's anything you've learned from your life and your experiences that has helped you with your relationships with others and or god what is it and how can we turn it into a discipline? That is a fantastic question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's one thing. Initially, what comes to my mind I'll say I'll say more than one thing, but I would narrow it down. That's okay. Is the first thing is just jump, because I think there's a lot of times where um, I get to what feels like a cliff. Jump physically? Well, I mean, you can definitely <laughs> jump physically, but I think more than that is just like spiritually, emotionally, mentally, relationally. That there's times where I feel like I've I've come to a cliff and God's like go, and I'm like, Lord, I'm looking down. I'm like, whoa, that is. It's deep. quite the drop there. Quite the drop, and he's like, go. And it and it's just this little subtle voice, and I think that 
it's just God pulling you in. Um, and so I think that initially in my mind is one thing that I'll find is when he says go, you go. Because you're going one way or another. Mm-hmm. And it's either you, it's going to be your decision to jump. Or, and this is a little controversial maybe, but he'll drag you. Because, <laughs> well, I, and I, I mean. You, Come along now. <laughs> I, I think you'll get to the same point no matter what. It's just your path looks different. And I think a perfect example of this is my man Jonah. When God was like, go to Nineveh. And He's like, no. Jonah's like, I'm not feeling it. Which, if you if you look if you look at the context of it, nobody would want to go there. <laughs> nobody would want to go there. They were skinning people. That yeah, exactly. So it's 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 ter- it's terrible. It's it's terrible. But that's where God said, "Go," and Jonah's like, "No." And then you know, Jonah and the whale, and him and the whale, you know, had fun for a couple days, and then Jonah eventually at the end was like, "I'm gonna go." And so initially the first thing in my mind is when God calls you to do something, when you, when you hear the spirit lead you is do it. Um, so I'd say that, but I think the other thing that was kind of floating around in my mind is just choose to love. Cause I think when you're choosing to love people and you're choosing to put set other people first, you can never really go wrong. I think you, I think you, people will tell you that was a terrible decision. You should not have done that. But I think when you look back on it of whether or not you chose to love someone, and if you chose not to, I think you will look back and regret that more than if you chose to love someone. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think that you can get into what does it mean to really love someone. So I think that in some way of loving people is somewhere to that. Just serve. Just there's a job that no one else wants to do. You'd be the one to do it. You know, be the first one to get up and say, I will, you know, take my seat. Or do you need help with that? Mm-hmm. And I think how you can put these into disciplines um, again, is by communities, by having other people hold you accountable. And I think that, yes, you can definitely hold yourself accountable. And I've tried holding myself accountable for many things, and I failed it. Maybe the people listening to this don't feel the same way. Seth, maybe you don't feel the same way either. Maybe maybe you're a pretty, pretty self-disciplined person. And if you are, awesome, fantastic. Some things, not all things. That's okay, too. <laughs> but I think just opening it up and not just letting it be you that's going through this challenge, opening it up to your family, to your friends, mm-hmm. to your significant other, your dog to god to god boom that's better that's, boom that's it that's even better is um is because then you're sharing it and i think that'll give you a deeper desire and allow you to dig deeper into this thing and say mm-hmm. you know what this is something that i want to grow in would you hold me accountable to this mm-hmm. yeah well we are at the end of our time here and i'd love to thank you for joining me on this podcast again um episode has quite a few ideas in it uh foreshadowing season mm-hmm. two but also just like a look into college life of a college student at a Christian campus specifically, but like just like kind of, I mean, we are at a Christian campus, but it also is a look into just like how our age group is at with our thoughts. So it's, it's a, it's a good episode for that, for the younger audience. So thank you again, Harrison, uh, for joining me. Um, and, uh, see you later. Thank you.